it has been banned in prisons. There's always games going on and power struggles and people going behind people's back to try to get a one-up on them. And unfortunately, that is how life works and that is a lot of how business works. With this specific episode, I can really help two groups of people. The first group is the people who can really relate to what I'm saying and how I feel about having been burned in the industry and not knowing what you really want, just kind of wanting to be shining on your own. And then the other group of people are the people who relate to what I said, but more just want to learn how to work in that industry and stay in it, stay relevant and stay in the best place they can. You might think right now that you can't do it because you may be living paycheck to paycheck and I've been there and that's really all you can see. But this is really all about just figuring out truly what you want and what's best for you and creating that plan for yourself. And so on that note, take yourself on a date. Real quick, guys, thank you so much for tuning in. My goal is to share the lessons of these interviews with as many people as possible, and the show only grows if more people find out about it. So if you could just do me a quick, quick favor and think about how you found this episode and make sure to return the favor by telling someone else about it, sharing it, whatever that looks like, I would appreciate it so, so much because that can help me keep growing the show. And if you've gotten any value out of the podcast, please go ahead and hit that subscribe button. I do interviews like this every week with new and exciting professionals. So stay tuned to keep your career moving in the direction you want. Thanks, and let's get into this week's episode. I'm going to start us off with a question. Have you ever been burned by a job before? Yes. Yeah, me too. And you're really left wondering why. You never really get a clear answer, and even if you do it, a lot of the times it doesn't really make sense. So It's probably some kind of BS answer most of the time. Yeah, and so... That's kind of where my story starts off. I was the manager for a high-performing sales team that I got them there. Um, yeah, and I remember they were the top performer in your region, they which were, was really impressive. That was something that I took time to cultivate myself and kind of bring us to that point. That was something I took a lot of pride in. And so being burned by that job was something that really set me back a lot um, and kind of set me to look inward and figure out what I really wanted for myself because throughout my almost... Kind of the beginning of a new chapter. Yes, exactly. Um, A chapter devoted to myself, um, which I think everybody needs in their life. But um, so I, I was looking back at the almost 10 years of experience that I have in the service industry and just kind of the negatives that have happened, never really getting answers for that, and caused me to really look inward at what I wanted. And um, that really looked like taking more time for myself, doing things that made me happy and made me calm. And one of the big things that I got into in that time was reading. And um, so I found this book called The 48 Laws of Power. I've been excited to get into this because we were talking about this off air, and I have heard of this book a ton of times, but I've actually never read it myself. Yeah, it's a pretty thick book, um, but it kind of reads more like a textbook, so you kind of flip through looking for things that you need more than just reading it straight through, which I really like. I think that's an important point in general. I actually just posted on LinkedIn about this maybe yesterday, 
about how sometimes 10% of a book is all you need because, I mean, if you think about it, there, especially a book like that where there's a bunch of different types of things that you could get into, books are really meant to ideally be referred back to and, like, again and again. I mean, think about the ultimate example is the Bible. No matter where you stand, you can respect the fact that it's like a, it's like almost like a textbook of morality. Exactly, so if you think yeah. about like the ideal book for self-improvement, it's something you can refer back to and there's probably particular areas you want to improve that you can look back to and constantly remind yourself of that thing or find new things. Yeah, because if you think about reading a book, obviously, unless you have a photographic memory, you're not going to remember everything, especially if it's a large book. So it does help to be able to kind of like, okay, I'm having this problem. This is the chapter name. Like, this is going to help me. So within this book, um, I listen to audiobooks because I like to like clean my house while I'm doing it, things like that. Could you give a brief just synopsis of like the the premise of the book as we get into it? So um, to begin this book, I think a little funny factoid about it, it it, it has been banned in prisons um, because it teaches very manipulation tactics, very intense um, power dynamic struggles throughout different areas of your life. And if you think about prisoners, you know, sitting around reading things that can help them manipulate guards, that's not something they want to do. So, um, but basically the book, it just has different laws or just kind of facts of different ways to play into the power struggles that exist in the world because they're always going to exist. I think it's ignorant to expect that there are not power struggles. And that was a big problem of mine is that I, I'm, I like to see the good in people and I don't, I never assumed that these things were going on. And that's a big thing. I think a lot of people can kind of relate to is that it's not common knowledge. And so that, when things happen that are negative and you're left wondering, this provides a lot of the answers for why. And it's good to have answers. It's 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 just amazing. better. It's so helpful because then you can move on. If you if you don't have an answer, even if you are able to move on, it's still gonna be in the back of your mind. It's gonna be something that you're always left wondering about. And whether you are this person or not, it's going to internalize. You're going to be like, what did I do wrong? What could I have done better? Those are common things that people feel when they don't have an answer. So that was a lot of what I was feeling. And when I started reading this book, I was listening to it as an audiobook. Um, the first chapter, this specific quote, I just heard it and I stopped in my tracks and I rewinded it and listened to it again and again and I wrote it down because it just resonated with me so much. It almost felt like a weight was being lifted off my shoulders and it just provided every reason for why anything has happened to me and negatively in the service industry. What was that quote? Okay, so before I read this quote, I want to preface that I don't particularly like using the word master. Um, I know that in real real estate, they use primary bedroom now, but for the sake of- It's an older book, it's probably a little outdated. It is, so, but for the sake of reading it verbatim, I'm gonna use that word. Um, But it really relates more to like your boss, manager, things like that. So it is a deadly but common misconception to believe that by displaying and vaunting your gifts and talents, you are winning the master's affection. He may feign appreciation, but at his first opportunity, he will replace you with somebody less intelligent, less attractive, less threatening. 
how did that play into where you felt like you were at and your prior experience? So um, for those of you who haven't seen my previous podcast, um, a big thing that I talked about... Linked up here somewhere. (laughs) A big thing that I talked about is how me personally, throughout every job I've had, I put maximum effort into it. I almost put my whole self into that job, make it my identity. I want to prove that I can do it and that I'm the best at it and that I just... Do you think you find a lot of worth in your profession? I do. I do. I, and do, also, I do as well. I resonate with that a lot. Yeah. And just personally, I'm somebody who... I think about it like if you go to do a job and then you walk away and somebody comes and looks at that job and knows that you're the one who did it, would you want them to say like, yeah, that's okay. Or would you want them to be like, wow, that's wow. Like I could not have done better myself. And that is always what I want to, I want people to have that for me. Leave the position in a way where someone is going to feel intimidated even trying to step into those shoes. Mm -hmm. That's just who I am. And even like in cleaning my house, I'm just, I'm more of a perfectionist. So I like to, I like to shine in everything I do. And in reading this book and reading that quote, it really just provided a lot of clarity as to why me working that way wasn't always working out. Right. And and the best thing for me and it wasn't always bringing me up and it wasn't always giving me more opportunities Um, because again when you think about impressing somebody that's your boss you want to show them everything you want to be just out there and amazing so that they're impressed and you would think that that's everyone's approach it's Definitely not. No, it's not. Most people take the exact opposite approach and say, how can I get away with providing as little value as possible and still staying employed? Mm-hmm. And that's that's okay, too. I mean... Depends it, on your preference. Yeah, exactly. The world has a place for everyone. But I would say that for me personally, I, I'm not interested in arbitrary games for power over people. A common show that a lot of people watch is Game of Thrones. Um, That is something that you can kind of relate life to. There's always games going on and power struggles and people going behind people's back to try to get a one up on them. And unfortunately, that is how life works. And that is a lot of how business works. And I relate it back to Littlefinger from Game of Thrones. Um, He was always just doing things behind people's back, telling one thing to one person, one thing to another, making himself look less than he is and less threatening. And ultimately, it led to his demise. Spoiler alert. (laughs) Yeah, sorry about that. But um, A very deserving demise. Yes. But that is um, a lot of what goes on in the business industry. And... And a lot in the service industry. And I've, I have nine years of experience with that very thing. And looking at it more, especially now that I have heard that quote, um, it, it provided every reason for why I wasn't shining and why I wasn't, why I got burned by the jobs that I thought I was putting my all into it. 
it's because why they was, weren't taking you to the places you thought they should take you to. It, exactly. It's because a big thing that I learned is that bosses, managers, people in positions of power, as much as, as good of a person as they can be, having somebody working for them that outshines them and makes them feel less than is something that is going to intimidate them and they're going to want to get rid of it. They're going to they're going to want somebody around who doesn't outshine them because it makes them feel less than. They want to feel like the big boss because they are. They I want to give a quick caveat to this because I agree that that's commonplace. I think well so commonplace in fact that it's probably the the overwhelming majority of cases. Mm-hmm. I think the best bosses, the best managers, the best CEOs, whatever it be, figured out that that is not the way to approach it and figured out that in reality, if you bring in people to work under you that are way better at whatever they're doing than you are, could ever be, etc., those are the people that build incredible companies. Mm-hmm. I really believe in that. I do too. That, I'll give an example. Uh, I mean, he's a partner now, but he started out like lower in the corporate structure than than me. But my partner Adam in Chef on the Fly is way better at operations than I am. Way way better. He's the chief operating officer now. He's way better at operations than I am, and we have given him opportunities to shine and succeed because of that. And it's been instrumental in the success of our company because I didn't say, oh, he's better than me. We got to get rid of him because no one can see that he's better than me. Like I saw, I saw that and I now he's my partner mm-hmm. in the company because he's that good. And, and that's a- if you can recognize that, I, I'm not saying I have all the answers, but that's something I just... That's something I, I probably heard somewhere or recognized one way or another. If you can spot that someone is better than you, that's someone you want on your team. Why that is someone you? you want on your team because they're going to bring your company to places that you couldn't. Mm-hmm. I personally, I personally like keeping even just friends around me that I look up to rather than I feel like they could be on my level or lower because if I think you're cooler than me and I look up to you, that gives me drive to be that and to fill those shoes because we all have the potential. Fine, I'll give a meaningless little platitude. You are, I mean, it, it's so true though, you are a product of the five people you hang around exactly. the most. And I might just cut that out because everyone's heard that a million times. But disgusting. <laughs> <laughs> but but yeah, that, I, so that is really true. And another big thing about just this industry in general having a boss I've learned is that a lot of bosses whether they will admit it or not like keeping people around who cause problems or aren't as great at what they do so that that person that boss feels needed they feel like they're filling the shoes that they should be whereas like what you said it should be more that you want people that are better than you so that you know that it's getting done right. Well, the most profitable companies are built by someone who organized it so well that they could literally step away and do nothing and the company functions. Mm -hmm. Or 
not only functions but continues to succeed and excel mm -hmm. because they put such great talent in place. And uh, unfortunately, from what I've learned, that basically 100% of any service industry, restaurant, boss, manager, CEO lives in that what I just explained rather than what you explained of the they feel like everything has to be on fire so that there are way more it. bad managers out there than good managers it's just yes. like that's like <laughs> unfortunately one of the biggest takeaways I came out of taking a management class with is there are way more bad managers than good managers mm -hmm. and so taking that into account you can really shine if you learn how to be a good manager exactly or so what I learned from all of this and kind of what I'm going to get into a little bit later in the podcast with the Amazon is that I personally do not enjoy playing these games. I don't enjoy trying to make myself less than I am. I just want to go into work and I want to shine and I want to make it the best that I can. And this sets up very well for someone who decides to be self-employed, mm -hmm. which we're going to get into. Yes. But it's kind of like clicking for me now how well that fits for you. I, I can relate to that, too, and that's very interesting. Mm -hmm. It's like it that's kind of giving a lot of context to, like, what it is that works well for someone who's self-employed, right? Exactly. It's someone who just wants to achieve. Mm -hmm. Like, you just have this incredibly strong desire to achieve. Whether it's for a good reason or not, you just want to achieve. And that's why I feel like with this specific episode, with my knowledge, I can really help two groups of people. The first group is the people who can really relate to what I'm saying and how I feel about having been burned in the industry and not knowing what you really want, just kind of wanting to be shining on your own, putting whatever you want into it. And then the other group of people are the people who relate to what I said, but don't agree with that. And they more just want to learn how to work in that industry and stay in it, stay relevant and stay in the best place they can. And maybe feel better about what's exactly. going on. Yeah. And just kind of have, yeah, have, have a little more insight to what's really going on. Yeah. Um, and, and when you know that you can really climb the ladder because then you know how to play the game. So, so let's talk about how to play the game. Yes. So, obviously, we, we kind of talked about and set up you starting this new journey of self-employment. Congrats, first of all. I mean, it's a really freaking big deal to yeah. decide to be self-employed. Um, we talked about what led you to that decision. I think people listening can find a lot of clarity in maybe whether that's the right opportunity for you or not, if you have a similar kind of approach to life. It's not... I really believe it's not right for everyone, but I believe at the same time that anyone who it's right for should be doing that mm -hmm. and should figure that out early. I agree. So we set all of that up. Obviously, the avenue that you've decided to pursue for that self-employment is Amazon FBA, which is fulfillment by Amazon. So we're going to talk about how that looked, how you got into that how you set up your store, how you learned how to do it, and everything that goes along with it. So let's start from the beginning. What 
got you interested in the first place and led you into that path? So the last company I was working for, basically it was like door-to-door salesmen, but on the phone you had to reach out. Just make cold calls. Yes, you had to reach out to different companies and sell your product and ask them to buy it. And while I did enjoy that, I I am good at selling. Um, It's not something that I enjoy doing. I, I had a hard time finding the drive to call places and get excited about it as much as I would like. Um, so I had a very candid conversation with my boss at the time and kind of explained to him it's just not really something I enjoy. And he recommended this master class, basically, which teaches you how to sell on Amazon. Did you have an affiliate link? No. Okay, good. <laughs> I know. <laughs> um, so once he recommended that, I did a ton of research about the masterclass and uh, full transparency. I had some money set aside um, and that's what got me started with that. But I don't want that to discourage anyone because you might think right now that you can't do it um, because you may be living paycheck to paycheck and I've been there and that's really all you can see. But this is really all about just figuring out truly what you want and what's best for you and creating that plan for yourself. And I'll add a quick extra note to this. I mean, people take student loans every day. Yeah. If you can find a class that works better for you and has a more immediate and better, more proven ROI than a college degree and is, correct me if I'm wrong, but I don't think I am, and is way less expensive and way less expensive. finishes way quicker, take a loan. Yeah. Take the loan if, if it's right for you. Yeah. and that's Or save thing. up the money and do it when you're ready to. Yeah. That either one and taking a loan doesn't have to be scary because if you're doing this right, if you're really following the steps and I'm going to add this masterclass, it's step by step, the most amazing. It's like having your hand held through the entire process. And Mm -hmm. I wouldn't have been able to do it if I didn't have this class. So I recommend if you need to putting in a loan or setting aside some money because you're you're going to have it come back to you tenfold if you just put everything into doing this. Mm -hmm. And you won't have to worry about anybody else because it's just you doing it. And that's the biggest thing. So you went through the master class and give a brief, just quick 30 minute or 30 30 second synopsis of what it is, 30 to 60 second synopsis of what it is to run what it means to run an Amazon FBA shop so Amazon FBA fulfilled by Amazon um, when people hear selling on Amazon they automatically assume that you have to touch the product you have to interact with it you have to pack and ship it yourself things like that Um, but really this program is creating a store online through Amazon that is just a storefront and a name attached to you and your business. And through that, you are able to have a business entity and communicate with manufacturers and look like an actual established business and reach out to them for whatever product you're looking to sell. It can be literally anything under the sun it can be napkins, literally anything. And you 
they, since they know or can see that you're a business entity, they're going to speak to you as such. That's the biggest thing is a lot of the time when people are selling on Amazon, you can do it very simply, but to get the best out of pricing and manufacturers and just the utter respect of having a business, you have to speak like you are an established business and like you know what you're talking about. So you really have to know like the dimensions of the product. You have to find all the information about it. And, and you reach out to them saying that you want to start selling this product. And they give you their best prices. They, I mean, they're super on it. They want to sell their product. So it's very simple. It's literally as simple as just texting somebody like back mm -hmm. and forth. And then once you find the best price, the best product, everything, they ship it directly to Amazon warehouses. You're never touching it. Never touch it. It's all online. Except in like the product iteration phase, right? Like when you're kind of like picking out the product and figuring out yeah. like, yeah. So you can order samples of your product, um, which is what I did just to kind of hold it, see it, make sure it's what you're advertising. Um, but again, you don't have to do that. It's just an extra step that I took, but you, they send it directly to the facilities. And from there online on your Amazon storefront, you're able to create a listing and advertise those products. And the masterclass has an algorithm that it teaches you how to get your product to the number one page on Amazon. And if you're on that page, you're making sales every day. And from there, it's just passive income. What makes for a top performing product? So there's a few things. Um, Amazon does advertisement basically through bidding. Um, so let's just use an example of napkins. If you want to sell paper napkins, you go on Amazon's advertising bid system and you type in the word napkin, you have to pay a certain amount if you want to be the first thing that shows up when somebody types in napkin. So let's just say... So it kind of becomes about figuring out how to be able to spend that much and still make the kind of margins you need to make mm -hmm. getting to the top and still making your margins exactly it's a big thing you have to and, and amazon has things in place that kind of walk you through like this is the top highest bid for this specific word so you could do this much and they also have like automated systems where you can put it in place and then it'll automatically like Per, per like what somebody is searching, it'll boost it up in a different way. It's, it's very. This is very interesting because I I know you've never worked in this area and I have just a little bit, not a ton, but it's something I look at a lot for the podcast. Actually, it sounds very similar to just SEO principles, search engine optimization principles that apply to YouTube, Google. TikTok, mm -hmm. even anything. Mm -hmm. It is. And so the more, again, and like with that, another way you can really boost your product is through those advertisings on TikTok, Instagram, YouTube. There, You can take it a step further and advertise your own product, or you can pay like micro influencers or bigger influencers, depending on your price range, to 
advertise that product for you. So there's many different ways that you can get it out there. There's thousands of ways on different avenues that you can put it out there so that it's all working for you simultaneously. I was going to ask you, what is like the biggest thing that could happen to you as part of this that could really like rocket ship it to success and how could that happen? So I would say once you really get a feel for how to create your store and how to list your first product, I think the biggest thing for this specific business is that you can just maximize the amount of products that you have. You There's no limit on what you can sell. And so if you... Mm. So pick 10 things knowing that they won't all work out mm-hmm. and some of them will. Yeah. And I mean, even starting with one product that you know is a pro, like there are, so there's websites um, like Viral Launch where you can basically type in certain words and see the estimated volume of searches per month, per year for those specific products. So when it's like Google Trends for products. Mm-hmm. Okay. So when you're looking for a product, I would think of two things. First, you want to think of something that in the smallest way you can relate to. That way, a big thing about this is having a slight differentiator. And that's the biggest thing is when you're selling, it's not so much about having the best item because when you search napkins on Amazon, you get 10 pages of just almost the same napkin. So in a way, you think of something that can slightly change your product, or if, again, if, you, if it's something that you can relate to, think about yourself using it and what you could do to make it better. Yeah, so I, I we've talked about this before, and um, the example that comes to mind is, I, I don't remember if it was you that told me about this or someone else initially, but I know that there was someone that had an Amazon FBA shop where they were selling those like scratch-off world maps where you scratch off all the places that you've been to in the in the world, all the countries you've been to. And typically you just scratch it off and that's the end of it, but they differentiated the product by having these little landmarks and cool little things under the scratching so that it would be like the go-to choice on in the marketplace for anyone because it was the same as all the others with an added bonus kind of. And that's I think it seems like that's what you're saying is like you want to have some kind of added bonus that differentiates you from the rest of the market. Yeah, and it it doesn't even have to be that, but it's just something that when people look at a, a like when you search something on Amazon, the pictures all come up and you see like eight of the same photos, you want to have something that catches somebody's eye and they're like, "Oh, what's this is a little bit different and this is a little more handy than all of these." Mm-hmm. And that's it's all about having something that catches people's eye and it's it's a lot easier when you know how to get something to the first page because it's already there but again that's what this class teaches you all of those little extra steps that you wouldn't necessarily know how to get there and so it's extremely helpful interesting so as you've set this up uh what have been some of the biggest challenges so the first one is just timing um it takes a little bit of time for you initially to establish yourself as a business 
to get set with your taxes and to create a business bank account. Those are all steps that you have to take before you even start speaking to people on Amazon because you have to have that established business. And it was your first time doing all that. It was. It, those are things that are, if you look back now, you probably see how they're like, they're fairly simple steps to take. But if you're getting into that for the first time, it's it's very intimidating one, but it's also like you have to do a lot of research to actually figure it out. It's extremely intimidating. And even, I mean, learning about the financial industry and just the government, how they like to screw us. Um, <laughs> if you Don't say that during taxes. <laughs> um, Too if, soon. So in establishing yourself as an LLC, you have to declare your business as a certain thing for tax purposes. And the lovely government knows that people starting their own businesses do not have a lot of information. So they have a system in place where if you create an LLC and you don't know that you're supposed to declare your business as a certain thing, they will automatically declare it as the most expensive business for tax purposes. So that's a huge thing in people starting out their business for the first time. They get screwed with taxes because they don't know how to declare their business right. And that was a big challenge of mine is figuring out how to speak with accountants and how to know what's right for my business, where I'm going to go for the future, how much money I think I'm going to be making. So those are all things that you kind of have to sit down and figure out before. And by the way, I got a finance degree before I ever started an LLC. It's still overwhelming. Like it, it still can get overwhelming because the, these are things that are just not really like, we didn't really talk about LLCs in undergrad even. I'm talking about it in my MBA now, but we didn't even really talk about it in undergrad because it's preparing you like high school and even undergrad are kind of preparing you to be an employee and not an employer. Mm, that's a big thing. The other challenge is just going from working a very structured set schedule. Yeah. Like uh, you clock in, you clock out, you have a weekly schedule come out to being your own boss, figuring out what you're going to manage your time doing and how you're going to do that. And having really a lot an allotted workspace was a big thing for me because I would kind of just move around in different areas of my house with my laptop and get comfortable. And then it's very easy to just get distracted doing other things. So really just dedicating a workspace and staying in that workspace, forcing yourself to almost have certain hours. That was a very big challenge for me because I'm so used to having that set that it was a very hard learning curve to have that discipline for myself. Mine is my little kitchen island because it's just a little apartment. It's literally just the bar stool in the kitchen island. Just clunk my laptop down. And I'm just on it like first thing in the morning. Yeah, but it's about like locking into that position because if you're just kind of willy-nilly with it, then your whole system is going to be mm -hmm. willy-nilly. Exactly. For a lack of a better word. <laughs> Totally a different question here, because I think it pertains to looking forward as you get into this. Um, and I'll ask it through the frame of what you're doing now. What does success in this pursuit mean to you? 
Um, success for me is just being 100% self-sufficient enough to do what makes you happy 100% of the time. Mm, I like that. I like that. That's like my mission statement, really. Um, yeah. I, in, in that time of me spending time figuring out what I wanted, who I really was, I just learned that the most important thing in life is just doing what you want to do and what makes you happy. And so many people get wrapped up in A, their work life and that being their identity and B, doing things for everybody else around them. And that was something that I had to relearn that I figured out that in every job I've had, I do everything for everyone else. I'm always that person that picks up the shifts. I come in when nobody else can. I do everything that I can to make that place the best I can because that's who I am as a person. But I had to internalize that like, okay, what do I actually want? What do I enjoy? How can I do those things and still find a way to make money to support myself to do other things that make me happy. I love that. Yeah, one of my my girlfriend and I's mottos lately has been let's just do less stuff that we don't want to do. Mm-hmm. It sounds so stupidly simple, but it's so hard. That's one thing I was going to say also is that another thing I learned is that you need to simplify your life. Everybody is so focused on what's the biggest thing I can do? How, how can I make the most money? What's everything I can do in one weekend? When really slowing down and taking moments to soak in and enjoy really what you're doing rather than always thinking of what can I do next? What's there to do now? Thinking about the future. It's hard to live in the present, but that's something that's so necessary for just growth. Yeah, I I had a humbling moment recently where I I was feeling like I was uh, just doing a lot in work that was not working. If that makes sense, mm-hmm. as simply as possible. I had had this vacation planned for months and I was working super hard leading up to it absolutely grinding my gears trying to feel like I could justify being away for a week like working double triple overtime um just feeling like I could justify being away for a week I took the vacation I came back and I really did kind of disconnect during that time and I came back so much more focused like I had this like renewed honed focus because I let myself just enjoy myself for a little bit. And I think those moments of enjoying life and taking a step back and just taking pause bring that focus because it just gives you a different perspective. You get you, you step out of yourself for a second and you just get perspective. A lot of people really are living nowadays for money and another a big thing is that when you're constantly in a state of what can I do to make more money, how can I make more, you're living in the space that you don't have it 
and that you have less than you should. Mm. And you will be stuck in that space because that is your reality that you're creating for yourself. Rather, you should be focusing on what can I do on a daily that brings me joy so that I can be the happiest that I can. And then the money and other things. I mean, some people think they want money and they really don't. They really want other things. So if you figure out what you want, you might already have it. Well, I've I've found personally that doing the things that you actually like doing, I literally just posted a clip about this today, doing the things you like doing brings, a, it, it literally, I, I've seen doing the things that I like doing invent a work ethic I didn't believe I was capable of having. Just yeah. in simplest terms, like it's, you will work harder doing the things that you like doing. You will, because you It'll have happen. you have care, you, you have pride in it. And when you have pride in something and when you, you're invested in something, you work harder and you have more care and it blossoms into something much more beautiful than if you're just doing it because you think you have to. I'm gonna flip the script on us here, get a little crazy here. Um, we're talking a lot about doing things that you enjoy doing. I wanna ask you though, in setting yourself up to be able to do that, what are some short-term difficulties that you've endured to go after and set yourself up for long-term gains? So definitely the initial investment was a bit of a difficulty. Um, that is something that you have to think about when you're creating your own business. That's why it's a big thing to set that aside and to work for that. Um, that is something that was challenging for me because when you put a certain amount of money, for me personally, when I spend money, I want to see that it's working. And when you invest in a business, it's not initially working for you. It's there, but you have to make, you have to make it work. And so that was a big thing. It's like, I put this money down and then I have to continue to like make it go somewhere that's such a good point. I think so many businesses fail. Most businesses do fail. Um, and I think so many businesses fail because people are not willing to go through that difficult time and delay that gratification because it's not going to work at first. Unless you stumble upon unicorns, blood, gold type of shit, it's not going to work at first. And you have to, you have to, you have to make it work out of sheer willpower until it works for it to work. People really don't want to be uncomfortable. That's a big thing. And it's so easy to fall back into old patterns because you feel uncomfortable. But the biggest thing I learned in this whole thing is that that uncomfortability means that you have room for growth and you just have to take charge and make yourself grow. You, it's not up to anybody except for yourself. So true. So true. Um, so we've talked about how you have this kind of crazy, like, driving force to just succeed. We've talked a little bit about what's behind that. But I want to kind of just hear it from you. Like, what do you feel like is your deepest driving force? Like that goes into your career? Like how does that manifest in your career? 
Where does it come from? What is that to you? My biggest driving force is just having enough to live the way I want to live. That is something that is very big for me because I have lived paycheck to paycheck and I know how that feels. You're just, you feel like you're in a constant state of fight or flight. You never know if you, I mean. It's 2023's indentured servitude. It, is, it really is. Like it's, you're, you're, you get stuck in a, if you're paycheck to paycheck, you're stuck in a perpetual state of not being able to change your circumstances and feel feeling like, not to say you cannot, but you feel like you're stuck in a perpetual state of not being able to change your circumstances and like whether or not the thing you're doing currently is the thing you want to be doing, you feel like it's the only option. Yeah, that's a big thing. And again, that goes back to comfortability. You want to be a little bit uncomfortable and that's how you know that you have that room for growth. Um, thinking about it, like if you're somebody paycheck to paycheck and you're, you have all these bills and you just have this job that you're not loving, that's okay to be there. I've been there and you just have to know that you're not going to get stuck there. Um, you have to have that plan set for you and know that you're taking those steps to put that aside and that you have that ready to go when you have enough for it and that you you can't be scared to to launch it and that was my biggest thing is i thought back to what makes me comfortable what makes me happy what i truly enjoy and that goes down to where i live um living in an area where i can walk outside and go for a run easily i live by the beach i have a backyard for my dog those are all very very important things for me and so figuring out what exactly it looks like to have all of those things and that is and then reverse engineering exactly and from there and setting yourself up for that life so whether that looks like working at a restaurant or being your own boss or being a tech tech student whatever like whatever you want to do you just have to figure that out first people really don't know what they want to do and even when they're in college they're like i'm just here because i think i have to and that's not everybody but that's a lot of that people. was me when i went through college i'm that was very yeah i'm very fortunate to know what i want to do now but i had no idea what i wanted to do going into college yeah. i picked my whole degree based on giving myself the most options because i had no idea what i wanted to do and people think that way and they think that they just that's just how life is but really you can be in that space and you can go through those motions, but you can have a different plan for yourself. And that's the biggest thing is just knowing that even though it's uncomfortable, even though you don't like it that much, you don't have to get stuck there and you can take the steps to change slowly over time in a comfortable slash uncomfortable way. Because again, I mean, obviously you have to pay your bills and you have to eat things like that. That's always going to be most important. But you don't have to take those things and say, I have to give up on what makes me happy because I have to meet those criteria. You can do both. You just have to sit down, figure it out, plan it out, yep. and stick to that. I love that. 
as is the case in any industry where you dive in full force and really absorb yourself in it, I think you're best served by looking up to the people who have made impacts and done it successfully before you. Do you have any mentors, uh, not going to use the term idols, but like any mentors or people that you look up to in the space that you operate in now that keep you encouraged or help drive you along, whatever that may be, and why? So the the man who created the masterclass that I take, his name is Tom Wang, and he started this whole Amazon journey completely by himself. And all of the information that's in the masterclass are things that he has tried and tested, things that he learned on his own. And he's extremely successful now, has his own line of skincare on Amazon. He is, and he created this masterclass where he has other people who are just as good as him doing the same things, teaching people, and it's kind of like a trickle-down effect. There's so much to learn from someone who's been willing to be a pioneer in a space. 100%. You mentioned he learned how to do it all himself. I mean, someone who was willing to be a pioneer, not everyone is cut out to be a pioneer. I'm certainly not. I, I don't want to be, I don't want to waste my time. Waste is, a strong, is the wrong word because obviously it turned out very successful for him. I don't want to take a lot of my time like just learning and like grinding my gears to try to figure something out. So I often look to people who have been successful in it before. And there's so much to learn from someone who's been willing to be a complete pioneer in a space because they figured out everything that doesn't work so that they could tell you what does work. He's extremely candid about the struggles he's faced and things that he made mistakes on and how he can help you to not make those mistakes like he did. And that is a big thing that it just made me respect him so much. And he spent years cultivating this masterclass to teach people exactly what I'm saying is that you can be self-sufficient and just create your own business and live your life. And I, I really look up to him and the video, he has a video kind of explaining the whole program and has all of these success stories of people who have taken his class and it's it's worked for them. It's tried and true. They're making money. They're making tons of money. Which is, by the way, something that any like masterclass or educational program that you go through should have is yes. success stories. Like I you, would hope so. You don't want to just buy into something where people haven't succeeded in it before. It might work out for you, but I mean, yeah. if you can see that it has worked out for other people, all the more. I mean, it's like reading Amazon reviews. Mm-hmm. And um, another thing that really showed me that this is a very serious class is that they don't take all applicants. They ha it's basically like an interview system. They send you to different levels of interviews to make sure that you're actually going to be somebody who does this and who puts in the work, puts in the time. And so that's another thing that made me really know that this is something that's going to work is because it's not just something for everyone where they're like, yeah, I'll take your money, whatever. They they want to make sure that people in their system and in their class are 
successful. Well, it's good reputational management on the part of them as a business. They don't want they don't want all these people running around spreading word that oh yeah, I took this class and it didn't work out for me. Mm-hmm. They 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 want to use their knowledge of the qualities that it takes to be successful to identify someone for whom it's going to likely be successful so that that person is successful and tells all their friends. Yes. (laughs) 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 Um, What is, uh, it might be early to ask this question even, but what is, uh, as you get further into this, what is something you'd like to give back to your industry? I want to give out the knowledge that this is 100% attainable and that it's not as difficult as it sounds and that anybody can do it. That's really the biggest thing. And just helping people understand how to be able to tell within yourself where you are and what you want. If you're looking for something different than your current circumstance, it's a probably a pretty good sign. Say that you, uh, you're a few years down the road, let's call it 10, let's call it 15, uh, 15 years down the road, you've got some kids that are thinking about being in the workforce one day. What's some non-negotiable career advice that you would give to your, what is some non-negotiable career advice that you will absolutely give to your kids one day? I would say don't put too much of yourself into the idea that you have to be making money. Um, Perpetuating the idea that you need to be making money holds you in that space and you're going to live there and you're going to always feel like you need to be making more because you're living for that money instead of living for what makes you happy and finding something to go on a path that you want to go on rather than you feel like life is forcing you down this path. And really focusing more on that throughout their childhood will hopefully reinforce the idea of them to just focus on things that make them happy and learning ways to incorporate that into their career. I love that. I've got one more question for you. And I ask this question in every interview. I've already asked you my other question uh, because we had our our previous interview, but I'm going to go ahead and ask this one. The show is called Profession Session, obviously. I very much like to cover a variety of professions and try to boil down what it means to be a professional. That's kind of the question I'm aiming to answer here. So what does it mean to you personally to be a professional? So really it's all about just being self-sufficient enough to do what makes you happy 100% of the time. And it really is that simple, I think, for me at least, is that being successful, it just means being you and figuring out who you are and just being that. A lot of people don't know who they are. Yeah, that's really that's really true. And just a little plug, I think everybody can benefit from this. Um, I, I highly recommend meditation and 
just sitting in your own thoughts and your own self for a while, maybe five minutes a day to start, five, ten minutes. It Even when I started, I got a little antsy. I felt like I was wasting my time. But when you're in that space and you have no distractions, you're really just stuck with yourself and you just start to ask yourself questions and learn about yourself. And I think really everybody needs to, in a way, date themselves and learn what they like and what they want out of life. And once you are fully in love with yourself and you know what you want, there's literally no stopping you in life. I love that. Date yourself. I've never yeah. surprised I've never heard that, but that's, right? <laughs> that's good shit. If you don't feel like you have a good grasp on what your life's purpose is, it's probably time for you to take a step back and do what you need to do to figure it out. Because if you're not living your life's purpose, why are you living? I hate to hear, or I hate to be cliche, but you're not living your best life. Like that, that term gets thrown around so much that it feels like it means nothing now, but there is real wisdom behind that. I mean, you should be living your best life because you get, depending on what you believe, you get one. And why wouldn't you want to do everything you can live it to the fullest? Exactly. And so on that note, take yourself on a date. we were talking about meditation that's what it was i was going to make one little note that i think um meditation is something i would love to do i've been terrible about implementing it for me and maybe hopefully it'll look different one day and i'll be able to full-on meditate but for me it's been as simple as leaving my phone in the car when i go into a store sometimes going on a walk in the middle the biggest one for me is going on a walk and I happen to have a dog that like really expects this from me so there's another reason to do it but for me it's the biggest thing has been I work from home and I like I've gotten really good at getting deeply into the zone and I could carry that through my entire day pretty easily that's something that is not a difficulty for me but that causes massive stress. So for me, the best thing has been just taking a freaking walk in the middle of the day completely resets me. I'll either call someone I wanna call and talk about something I wanna talk about, or I'll just listen to a podcast, or I'll just walk with my thoughts. And that's been that's been meditation for me. So I think ideally you're doing like the full form of meditation that you're kind of alluding to but if it has to start somewhere else, it has to start somewhere else. And that's what do I, it, taking some kind of step is good. That's what I was going to say. Um, when people hear the word meditation, they automatically think of somebody with their legs crossed and their hands like this, with their eyes closed, which that is normal meditation. But meditation can look like anything from going for a walk in the middle of the day and just being by yourself, no phone, no music, anything. Or it could even be, I like to do the red light meditation. So anytime you're driving and you're stopped at a red light, you just bring yourself home. Um, And what that looks like is you just take a second and take a deep breath and just ground yourself in that moment and say one nice thing about yourself to yourself and then continue on. And meditation is just about being within yourself. So that's really something you can take 
if you're scared to meditate, if you're scared to be alone and close your eyes and look weird, you can just meditate with your eyes open and just be fully immersed into yourself and the moment that you're in. And that's a good place to start. I like it. On the note of being a good place to start, let's end. That's a good place to start. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Thank you so much for being on. This has been awesome. Thank you for having me. Thank you.